Fab Lab Podcast, episode 63. How did that happen? Welcome to the Fab Lab, the stone industry's only podcast dedicated exclusively to the business side of your stone shop, where we focus on improving operations inside the business so we can experience more life outside of it. So let's get down to business. Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. Wes, it's good to be back with you. Uh, it's great to be back, Aaron. Uh, good to have you back. Good to be with you. Glad to be continuing this conversation from last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Last week, we had an episode called High Five, where I recounted uh, one of the most brutal weeks in the in the, the company's history. <laughs> so it was fun to kind of vet, you know, just vent that uh, and share that. Hopefully, those of you in the Fab Lab podcast audience that heard that are feeling a little bit better about maybe the week that you had, because I'm not sure there could be a worse week than the one I recounted last week. But that wasn't the point. The point was how we recovered from it. The point was the power of those conversations I had with uh, a, a business coach, a counselor, and then a mastermind group, a group of peers that I'm now participating in, and and the transformation. My gosh, it's been a great week since we recorded the last podcast. I'm glad to say that we haven't had a problem, not a single problem on a job site since, although every day we're on pins and needles just waiting, you know, did it go okay? Things are going great. The system has sort of uh, uh, clinked back into place. The gears are, are, you know, are, are rolling against each other. They're greased. Things are working. But man, we've got a lot to continue talking about as it relates to one of those islands that I mentioned in the last episode. We got a picture of that last island, a full slab island, the largest island we ever fabricated and in that case attempted to install, didn't install it on the first try. We did successfully go back and reinstall that last week. Everything went fine. Customer was extremely happy, but we're going to use that as the basis for this episode today. The response to that, what is the response, how does the CEO owner of a fab shop respond compared to how does just a, a craftsman, a master craftsman, just fabricator respond to that? And so that's the essence of today's episode. We're going to show you the picture of that island laying over on its side in the island. And then we're going to talk about uh, this situation. I think it's going to be really helpful. It's timely. It's, it's powerful. And, and those of you in the Fab Lab podcast audience, ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, you're going to have the benefit of... Um, experiencing the gain um, from the pain Mm -hmm. that we experienced here as a result of that, you know, mistake. This is going to be a fantastic episode. But before we get to that, Wes, I want to mention a word from our sponsor, FabricatorsFriend.com. Now, FabricatorsFriend.com manufactures and distributes the the top-of-the-line product line for fabrication in the shop, aprons, jackets, and stone sleeves. So just want to mention, you know, we promote FabricatorsFriend.com as the manufacturer, and the place that you can go to get that product line. You can buy direct from fabricatorsfriend.com, but you can also buy all of those products from our resellers, Grand Courts, Braxton Bragg, and many others actually sell those. So most likely, anybody you're buying diamond tooling from, adhesives, any sort of stone tool-related supply company, they're most likely going to carry fabricatorsfriend.com gear so you can get them there too it might be more convenient for you if if your current vendor doesn't carry that make sure you visit fabricatorsfriend.com to check out that gear summer's almost over it's like a 99 degrees day today here in oregon so you know probably don't have a fab jacket on kind of nice to have that stuff raining down on you cooling you off 
but fall is right around the corner. So consider getting your crew set up with bulletproof aprons, fab coats, and stone sleeves to make their job a little bit easier. Help them be more comfortable. And if they're more comfortable, they're going to be more productive. So make sure you check out fabricatorsfriend.com today. Now back to our episode, Wes. I want you to imagine. Well, you've already imagined this. But fellow fabricators in the Fab Lab audience, I want you to imagine. <laughs> you roll up to a, a mansion, actually. Gigantic house. Gigantic job. Huge kitchen. Four slab kitchen. With an island that was a full slab in and of itself. You back onto the cobbled driveway. <laughs> contractors standing there waiting for you. You unlock the doors, you drop the ramp to the trailer, and uh-oh, that gigantic island is now laying on its side up against the rack that house all the rest of the countertops that are going to be installed, <laughs> you know, that day. That's the scene that our customers saw when that ramp was dropped from the trailer. And you can see the picture of that island if you go to my Instagram account, it's the only place we're gonna, you know, we're gonna show that today. So brand new Instagram, Aaron Crowley SSBC. You can follow me there, Aaron Crowley SSBC. That is the only place to see the picture of this gigantic island. You also get to see a state-of-the-art installation trailer. It's pretty fantastic. But right now, all you see is this gigantic island laying on its side. And so we're gonna talk about that because with that picture, Wes, I got a text from my installer, and I want to read what he said. I should have double-checked the clamping. I saw, not going to use the name, but other lead installer on the job site walk away, so I assumed he liked it and nothing was said to me, but I should have checked. So I'm going to read that one more time. I should have double-checked the clamping. I saw so-and-so, other lead installer, walk away, so I assumed he liked it and nothing was said to me, but I should have checked. So, Wes, what's the operable word there? Oh, man, assumed, as soon as I heard that. (laughs) And as soon as I saw that text from him with the picture, of course, my blood is boiling. I'm looking at the cost. I'm considering the expense. I'm considering the delay. This is, you know, the fourth island in the string of bad luck. But it's same thing. I had the same reaction. As soon as I saw that, I got hot in the face, spit in my stomach. Well, as an owner, I bet the question is, do I fire him? Or or do I put the burden on him of you did this and have him carry that around? Yeah, and that's, you know, very often I could say years ago that was my default. That was my reflexive response when a mistake occurred. It was to blame the person closest to the mistake. Because you immediately think of that, the price tag that goes with, when you see that island tipped over, the money sign, the delay, the fabrication that went into it, everything. Huge expense, huge frustration. And so that's immediately, you see, is the dollar signs there. Yep. And and that's such a great question. It's a great point because I think that the diff, you can respond to that situation two different ways. Mm -hmm. I think the most common for newer business owners, people who haven't had the the advantage of, of, of expanding out of that sort of craftsman mindset into more of an owner-CEO mindset, they see the expense. And, and I saw the expense. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the text, I immediately understood who is at fault. What had happened, yes. What had happened, where the problem might. You see, on that particular day, we sent both of our install crews to that job site. They all saddled up, two two-man teams saddled up in the same truck to go to this gigantic job. So in a sense, there were two lead installers in that trailer 
uploading it that morning. Uh-oh. One of them thought the other one had done it. The other one thought the other one had done it. And so I've got the text from the one guy who was the last guy to see it before the door was shut. And so in a sense, he felt as though it was his responsibility. And so your point about what do you do? So do I fire a guy in this situation? For Number one, no, I couldn't replace him. But number two, that misses the larger point here. Number one, who's at fault? Was it one of the installers or the other? Was it both? Fellow fabricators, that's the same question you have to ask every time something slips through the cracks in your operation and it costs the company money. If it was a mistake, who is really at fault? Well, if you know my mantra, if you know my paradigm, if you know the methodology that I, in a sense, laid out in my book, Less Chaos, More Cash, uh, that when critical tasks slip through the crack, rarely is it the employee's fault. Almost never. It's almost always the supervisor or the owner's fault for failing to do one of three things. Number one, making it clear which position is responsible for that task. Number two, defining the results a la expectations in measurable terms. And number three, providing the step-by-step you know, instructions, the order with which they're to perform their task to produce that result. And so as soon as I saw that text, I said, oh no, this island on its side is my fault. <laughs> Because I can completely understand we don't have a policy in place for when two crews go to the same job site in the same truck, which lead installer is ultimately responsible for making sure the load is locked down. Now, when they're when they're separate, it's the lead installer. That is formal. That's official. It's clear. It's not a question. But in this situation, there were two guys in the trailer. Both of them thought the other guy was responsible. Ouch. Yeah, when you have two, two leads going to an install... It's not something that happens all the time, but it highlights a, a gap in the process for when you have two installers, two lead installers going to a job site. It's like, oh, well, we have to talk about this. So this does not happen again. Yep. Most likely it happening again is pretty low because I know that image is branded <laughs> in their mind and they will never want that happen again. But yep. to make it formal and absolute that this won't happen again. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, you're right. I think that that image will be burned in their minds as well. But to rely on that image and hope that that is what uh, prevents it from happening again, that that's a fool's errand. That's true. Yes. Yes. And, and so let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Wes, I'll tell you this too. Let, let me read, and we're going to post screenshots of this text exchange with my lead installer on this job site. So that day, job, you know, went sideways. They installed the rest of the countertops. We didn't install the island. We brought it back to the job site. So that was on a Thursday. The next morning, Friday morning, I'm woken up at like an hour before my alarm goes off. And I'm thinking about this week and all these islands. And then I start thinking about this poor installer of mine, who I could tell from that string of texts. And I could tell from other guys he talked to, he was, he was, bearing the burden of that mistake even though he said i should have double checked he had a reasonable assumption to believe that the other guy that was in the trailer had locked it down he was still carrying that burden that image was probably imprinted on his mind that night before and probably the next morning this is very interesting and so that next morning i'm awake thinking about him going oh no that's a burden he shouldn't have to carry number one to assume that the image in his mind is going to prevent it from happening again that's one thing that we need to deal with What's the appropriate response? But number two, considering the humanity of the individual, 
I woke up because I've made this transition. I know, I know my default response was, where did I fail? And I knew it as soon as I read his text. I failed to have a policy in place for when there's two installers on site. Yet I hadn't done anything to communicate that to him effectively to say, hey, look, you need to understand something here. This wasn't your fault. So 5.30 Friday morning, I'm awake. I'm thinking about him. And I get this impression really strong. Aaron, get out of bed. And I'm not a morning person. I'm pissed when I'm awake before the alarm goes off because I usually can't get out of bed when the alarm does go off. Very strong impression. You need to go make it clear to him that he's not still bearing that burden. And so I got up at like 5. Let's see. Let's see if there's a timestamp. Yeah, there it is. Friday, August 16th, 5.26 a.m. I get up and this is what I said. I texted this lead installer. Good morning. I'm not going to mention his name. Not sure if you're up at this hour, but I never got to chat with you yesterday. I wanted to let you know I think you're a great installer and you're a huge asset to the team. Yesterday is behind us and today is a brand new day. I just woke up thinking about you and I want you to know that. I'll see you in a couple of hours. His immediate response, he was awake at that time. And he had a response greatly appreciating those words. And so that's the first thing I think really that, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I've been doing this long enough to realize that that the way to construct, I can't afford to lose a lead installer right now. I cannot replace him. And he's a competent, great, fantastic installer. So that's not an option. So if that's not an option, then what, what, what option are you left with? Well, you're left with the option that a competent, composed CEO of a company takes or effective delegator manager takes when this happens. It's to take stock of the situation, assume responsibility, and then what? The essence of this was how did that happen? Okay, we know how it happened. We failed to have a policy in place for that situation. Question now is what do you do? How do you prevent it from happening again? I keep coming back to this. I'm, I'm kicking a dead horse because it's the answer. It's the process. PRO stands for position result operation. There is a simple step-by-step process for delegation. When a critical task slips through the crack, step one, assign the position. Wow. See, in that scenario, we hadn't assigned a position. We hadn't made it clear which lead installer is responsible. Number two, we define the results. Well, that's pretty clear. The guys know how to lock it down. In this case, it was simply which installer is responsible, which position. Number three, you design the operation. And in some cases, you've got to lay out the steps. You've got to lay out the roadmap. You've got to lay out the recipe. What do they follow to produce the results so that that critical task doesn't slip through the cracks a next time? And so we've actually still got to implement this. We're, we're, we're still suffering the aftermath of this, and, and we're going to do that. We're going to make that clear with the policy, making it clear the next time that happens, what the appropriate response and which lead installer is responsible. And so that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, gosh, if you're, if you're wondering about this, if you've ever had one of those situations, whether it was you drop the door to the ramp or you drop the ramp to the trailer and you see a countertop on its side, or if it's a sink that template that was put on upside down and so the countertop is transposed and you got to tear it out customer won't accept you know the reverse model of that sink faucet hole cord in the wrong place edge detail not written on the, you know it, there's just an endless array of scenarios where a critical task slips through the cracks it causes a major expense a major delay a major frustration for you as the owner okay how do you assess how it happened And then more importantly, how do you respond? Are you going to respond in anger? Consider firing the guy? God, that just moves you further from where you need to be as the owner of a successful business in the stone industry. 
Or are you going to respond constructively? Composed? Okay, I'm frustrated. Yeah, this hurts. Ouch. That's expensive. Okay. But how do I multiply that? How do I take that expense and actually turn it into a positive? I can prevent that from happening again by following this, this protocol, this paradigm, this methodology of effective delegation that we talk about all the time here. That's what really is the difference between a, a little shop that's just where the owner's putting out fires all the time and one that has transitioned into a business that is a, is a business where the business is being managed and the work is being managed through those people through effective delegation. And so, ladies and gentlemen, ouch, that, that island was really expensive. But I hope that uh, out of that cost, out of that expense, we learned something from it. I hope that you've learned something from it too. So, Wes, what do you think? What, what, what are your thoughts on this topic? Ouch. But, <laughs> but if you look at it, there's a couple unique things here. One, we have multiple leads going to a job. But the other is why. The, the size of that island was massive. It was so big that even strapping it down in our setup is a little unique to where they've never strapped something down that big. And it opens the door of, do they ask for help when they're supposed to know what how to do it? Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe another response would have been, you should have come and asked me. Yes. It's still your fault. This is still a way for me to put the blame on you because you should have come and asked me mm-hmm. about this because it was unique. So what's, yeah, that's a great point. What what's the outlier situation where where the, the situation doesn't match the policy to a T? There's some outlier. Mm-hmm. What's the response? Well, the response should be you come get your supervisor and get their take on it. And, you know, the same thing is just it's such an interesting point that you bring that up. Um, and that really is part of the order of operations that we lay out in less chaos, more cash. That's the last part of the agreement. I agree to follow this process and in any event that I'm unable to do so, I agree to notify my supervisor. But, you know, I think the larger point here, because this situation is not unique to lead installers. <laughs> it's unique to managers within the department. It's in particular unique to sales managers when they're dealing with customer situations cause, because so many of those are you, you know, just every customer is so different. But I want to take that a step further. I want to say that that actually applies even more to those of us as owners. What do we do in situations where we don't know what to do? And, and I've had to confront that. I think I mentioned in last week's episode being challenged by my mastermind group to reach out. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Um, but I was challenged on, a, on an issue I brought up. Somebody in that mastermind group challenged me to, to, they said, somebody in your industry knows the answer to this question and instantly that person popped into my mind. But you know what my struggle was? And it may be the same struggle an installer has. My struggle was pride. I didn't want to have to call this guy and admit that I didn't know the answer to this really big question that this guy's got figured out. Um, but I'm glad to say I actually reached out to him and I was shocked by his response. I offered to pay him for a half day of consulting and he said, no way. We can solve this problem in one conversation. <laughs> Holy cow. So ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricator, this applies to you and me too. We're going to find ourselves in situations where we don't know what to do. The question is, 
The question is not, is there somebody else who knows the answer to this question? Because most likely somebody does. And if we think about it, most likely we know somebody who knows the answer to it. The question is, can we bring ourselves to admit it? And can we humble ourselves to the point where we're willing to reach out and ask, can you help me solve this problem? Man, that applies in so many facets of the business. And that's really the essence of the Fab Lab podcast. My goal, my dream, my mission, my vision here is to help stone shops that are operating kind of out of a craftsman mindset make the leap to being business owners and seeing themselves as owners, not fabricators. Making that transition, making that leap to the CEO, owner of a company um, that manages in a composed manner. And so I'm going to make that offer just like I did last week. If, if you're if you're experiencing something, but you're too proud, you know, uh, it's totally understandable. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, that's going to be the topic of next week's episode. We're actually going to explore this in greater detail and greater depth. What it means to uh, to reach out to somebody else when you don't know what to do. And I want to extend that invitation. Um, Go to Instagram, send me a direct message. Send me an email, Aaron at fabricatorsfriend.com. If you'd like to work through a situation, if you're facing a a perplexing business problem, if if your CNC is not running, don't call me. (laughs) If uh, you're having a problem with your template machine, don't call me. I will not be able to answer that question. But if it relates to this larger question of how to manage the business, how to delegate more effectively. If you've read my book, Less Chaos, More Cash, and you'd like to, God, there's just a gap there and you need some help putting that into practice, contact me. We'll talk about it. We'll work through it. Most likely, um, we together can find an answer to that question and, uh, and you can get back to business at that point. So ladies and gentlemen, That's what we're going to talk about next week on the Fab Lab Podcast. Make sure you check out the sponsors for the Fab Lab Podcast. Make sure if you want to see that picture, the only place you're going to see the picture of that island laying on its side is on my new Instagram account, Aaron Crowley, SSBC. Wes, is that Instagram? Is that add anything? What is that? I don't even know. Yeah, just log into Instagram, type in Aaron Crowley, SSBC, and it'll come up. Uh, it'll be the first photo you'll see. Okay. Oh, Aaron, what does SSB stand for? For those help them remember, Stone Shop Business Coach. Fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, we look forward to being with you again on the podcast next week. And until then, happy fabricating.